Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Power Your Life, and I'm Joanne White. And I'm just going to send beautiful wishes and blessings and prayers to anyone out in the world that needs it right now. I know sometimes we go through difficult times, and sometimes when we're in difficult times, it's because we're so much in our heads, constantly thinking, being in fear, being just not where not really paying attention to what's going on around us. What if even for a moment you can just decide that that's not the place to be and tune in and maybe not even tune in but be aware of who you really are and be aware of the intelligence of the body and know what that means. And today we are in luck because I have Philip Shepard who is going to talk to us about that and talk to you about your body's profound intelligence. Philip Shepard travels the world teaching the embodied present process, which is a unique set of practices that he developed to get people reconnected with their profound intelligence of their bodies. He's the author of New Self, New World, Recovering Our Sense in the 21st Century, and the newly published Radical Wholeness, The Embodied Present and the Ordinary Grace of Being, which draw on a lifetime of research and experience. Philip has a passion for adventure and exploration, and throughout his life, his passion has been coupled with deep connection to the body's intelligence and a desire for freedom. These passions set him on a lifetime of experience and exploration from cycling through Europe, the Middle East, Iran, India, and Japan to study the classical no theater in Japan, which is pretty amazing. He's an actor. He's the co-founder of arts magazine Onion and an interdisciplinary theater, an interdisciplinary, excuse me, theater company. And Philip teaches workshops throughout the world on embodied thinking and presence and is known for his business coaching, among all these other wonderful things. Welcome, Philip Shepard. <laughs> Thank you, Joanne. What a lovely introduction. Thank you for that. Well, thank you because you, you what you've done with your life, the traveling and exploration kind of makes sense when we talk about senses and, and that level of awareness because it it's incorporating so much and that's sort of what you've done in terms of exploring and seeing how far you could go out in the world, out in you in some way. Yeah, it's it's a funny thing because... Even like as a teenager, as a 15, 16-year-old, I I sort of felt, um, 
almost my culture was aligning against me to compromise my life, my, my experience of my own aliveness. And that's really what prompted me to leave it. Um, and as you say, I, you know, I went to England and bought a bike and took off for Japan <laughs> with the logic of an 18-year-old that said, you know, if you're heading in the right direction and you don't stop pedaling, you'll get there. Um, and I was gone for two years, and it really profoundly liberated me from assumptions I'd, I'd grown up with. And when you grow up with an assumption, you know, it's the hardest thing in the world to notice it and question it. Because it often becomes a truth within yourself. So, and I think that's, a, you know, that's what we do. And it's like, how do you do that? It's, that's something I've known for so long. You talk about a sense of freedom and um, with all the travel and the mind does a lot with constriction. How do we get, and maybe I'm jumping a little bit into this, but how do we get to a place of knowing who we are, which means not just our no, head, I, but re- Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 why not jump into it? Because uh, that's really the crux of it. And, you know, what's what's happened culturally is that the body has been dismissed almost as a machine run by this brain in the head. Um, and, you know, it might seem that's a recent thing, but that, that goes back to Plato. It like goes back to 350 B.C. Um, and Plato um, talked about the body as a vehicle and the head as this divine orb created by the gods. And so it's been with us a long, long time. And... It's it's one of those unseen assumptions that our culture tells us over and over. The head should be in charge. You know, the 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 head knows. The think your way through it. Uh, organize, um, plan, figure it out. And meanwhile, there is this other intelligence. So the body belongs to the world. It is it it's it's created of the earth. Um, the very material of the body, you know, the word material um, goes back to a root that means mother. And and what passes through the world passes through the body. And so that coming home to the self is a matter of, of understanding that your your intelligence isn't contained in the head. Your intelligence suffuses the whole of your being. You know, as as you're talking, I'm just reminded of something. When I, I I write, and when I write, sometimes if I'm at a loss for a word or whatever, I get up and I dance and I move, and somehow <laughs> that seriously, and I have a background in movement and dance, but that actually helps bring that upward and into, you know, what I want to create. So as you were talking, it was like, oh, I yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. And, you know, that's how Rumi wrote all of his poems. He would dance and in the middle of the dance would pause and speak this poem and scribes would write it down. 
but oh his my poetry, <laughs> yeah, isn't that isn't that glorious? He he wasn't like sitting, uh, you know, in some room <laughs> thinking. He was living the moment through the body, and you can feel in his words how they arise from that passion and that connection and that dilated sense of truth. Um, that connects to all things, that doesn't shut certain things out in order to pin it down and, and make it a, a certainty. Which is exactly what we're talking about today. It's wonderful. Yeah. I love, by the way, I love all his stuff, and yeah, and and he, what he says makes so much sense. And also, what you see, we're using the word sense, and what you say makes mm. so much sense. Mm. Talking. From the head, we're talking about the whole being. So let's talk, tell our listeners what we mean, what you mean, because you've written this, some people would say, revolutionary book, and but it's bringing us, you talk about how it, it's bringing us home, and our survival really depends upon that. So can you kind of expound on that a little bit? Hello? Philip, well, we've been we just lost the connection, but Philip will be back because he has so much important stuff to tell us. He is the author of Radical Wholeness: The Embodied Present and the Ordinary Grace of Being. And what he does is incredibly fascinating. He talks about, I have a quote from him, every culture is a story about what it means to be human, which is pretty amazing. So here he is, and we just lost Philip for a minute, but he's back. I don't know. I don't know how that happened. It's funny. You get to the juicy stuff, and suddenly the line (laughs) goes Somebody doesn't want us to do that, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, your question was so germane um, because – because even in our attempts, you know, to reconcile with the body, and embodiment is, is suddenly, a, uh, you know, people are aware of the need for embodiment. But, but what's revolutionary, um, I suppose, if, if that applies in what I'm doing, is, is we're, you know, we're intent on noticing the body and listening to the body and being aware of the body. And, and that's our culture's uh, approach to embodiment, but it basically leaves you up in the head, um, you know, listening to the body as though there were some wall between the, you know, the thinking in the head and the body itself. And the best you could do is put your ear to the wall to listen to what's happening on the other side of it. And my work isn't about listening to the body. My work is about listening to the world through the body. So when, and it may sound strange, but other cultures find it the most natural thing in the world when the center of your awareness drops out of the head. So we, you know, we're aware of the world from the head. We're aware of the body from the head. We're aware of other people from the head. And that center of awareness can drop down through the body to rest deep, deep within the pelvic bowl so that your center of awareness um, attunes to the intelligence of the body and resonates to the world. So you land in the present and you're 
deeply, deeply informed by all of its whisperings. And, you know, we're so, we're so head-centric that we're trying to fix the world with our, you know, imposing the right ideas on it. And in every moment, the world is whispering to us. The world is offering its guidance. And until, until we've unified our intelligence in that fully embodied way, we'll be deaf to those whisperings. You know, so it's really time to awaken. As you were talking, Philip, I was thinking that often when when people are taking voice lessons for, for singing or whatever, the it's not that you have to be singing from the chest or whatever, it, but, but they actually advise people to really go deep, like even down in, into the belly and into the pelvic region, to really bring forth that, that energy and that, I guess, volume or intensity to, to bring the music out. Yeah, and I think of it. I think of it. Totally makes sense. I mean, I I just think of it in a slightly different way. That that um, we move into wholeness when the whole of the body is available to the breath. So singers and actors learn what it is to feel the breath in the legs, in the back, in you know, deep, deep in the pelvic bowl so that so that the breath wave, and the breath wave does, you know, you look at a baby in a cradle and you can see the whole of the body is just gently dilating and releasing to the breath. It's the most beautiful thing. And so if a singer or an actor isn't allowing the breath to rise from the whole of the body, then their speaking will be governed by the head. And we hear the difference, and that's not where art comes from. It's not where the soul speaks from. It's not where the heart whispers from. The soul and the heart and art itself are rooted in wholeness. You know, there's there's a lot of research, probably in the last few years, about the, I'll call it the intelligence of the heart and how the heart... <laughs> Actually, its its signal out in the world is is so much greater than what's going on in the head. I'm probably not saying it right, but but that's that's also connected to the, you know the body connection. Or or do you have a different sense of that? No, I mean it it truly is, and the Heart Math Institute has done phenomenal research in that regard. Um, I would I would offer a little. A cautionary note, though, um, you know, to put the emphasis on the heart is to is to say, well, I should live from the heart. So you're trying to move from the head to the heart, and in my experience, that leaves the heart somewhat vulnerable, um, vulnerable mm-hmm. to being dictated by the head, where the head says you should, you know, the heart should open here, but also the the heart derives its support and nourishment from your being. And the center of your being, in my experience, is deep in the pelvic bowl. And when you, you know that thing I was, the thing I was saying about, about feeling the world, being aware of the world from there, when you feel something from your being, that impulse naturally rises up and opens to the world through the heart. So the heart is, is a, is, is a part of that wholeness, not the whole. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the and pa- I think the center. 
the, the center of your being um, is deep in the pelvic bowl, and if your if your heart isn't expressing your being, then what's it expressing? Exactly. Unless it's being <laughs> commanded by the head, <laughs> like you said. Which, which, yeah, which is which is what happens, and we're you know we're stuck in division. We're stuck in division within ourselves, and then we're trying to bring the world around us into harmony. But we don't even know what harmony is when we're out of wholeness in our own being. And I think that's really the dilemma that that we're facing on a on a grand scale. So what does it mean to be in harmony? Do you know, have you ever seen um, Murmurations of Starlings? Mm, um, yes. if, if, you, if you haven't, like there are a million YouTube videos about them, and it's like you get a quarter of a million starlings lifting in this cloud that elongates and ripples and condenses and and mm. turns. It's the most beautiful thing. And I, you know, when I feel my body's energy, and we're so not used to doing that in our culture because we're so fixated on ideas and getting the right ideas. But if I actually let go of idea and just feel the body's energy, you can feel whether it's in coherence or whether it's not, whether it's in self-conflict. And we tend to hold the body's energy in self-conflict. And that harmony of the murmuration of starlings, no one is in charge. Like there's not one starling that's the general telling the others what to do. It is, it is, a, it is an emergent intelligence to which each starling is attuned. And similarly, when the energy of your body is felt and and every part of your body's energy answers to every other part of your body's energy and things come into attunement they come into coherence and then your thoughts are informed by the whole of the body's thinking rather than by this segregated portion above the neck You know, I think that's so important, that whole integration, that whole connectedness to, to every aspect of who we are. You, you talked about how it's so important for our survival of today. Why is that? What? We, we are fixated on the belief that knowledge will save us. And, you know, that just runs like an undercurrent through our culture. And every problem we face is, is, has been created by our knowledge, whether it's knowledge of how to make pesticides or how to, how to drench our farmlands in, in chemical fertilizers or how to make plastic or how to burn coal. Like every problem we face is an outcome of our knowledge and and the you know what emerges for me is an understanding that when when our knowledge grows disproportionately to our self-knowledge knowledge becomes lethal and self-knowledge is a realm that we as a culture again in my view completely misunderstand we think we think self-knowledge is what you find when you go down deep enough within yourself and and self-knowledge will be there you know 
inner work is is important there's no way around that but the purpose of inner work is to is to um undo the the shadows and the tensions and the blocks within the body that dull its resonance to the world when the body resonates to the world and you come into felt relationship with a tree with a child playing on the sidewalk with a mm. uh, the sound of rain on a roof the more deeply you come into felt relationship the more who you are is illuminated so we gain self-knowledge through the grace of the world around us as we come into felt relationship with it we discover who we are through the world not not within some presumed uh, container of the self so I'm going to share something. Yeah, please. I was walking earlier, and I passed a bush, and there are these, like, between five and seven butterflies. They were dancing, and it made the bush and everything around it look all lit up, like it was illuminated, and I was, like, transfixed and in joy because it, I've never seen that, configuration and that light and it was it really looked like light coming from that whole area and it was just a beautiful experience i've never experienced it before it was like yes i don't know why that came to mind while you were talking but it did well it's it's totally relevant because because your willingness to feel that opened a door by which that experience illuminates who you are in this moment and that is that you know that's a layer of self-knowledge and the more deeply you come into felt relationship with the world around you the more deeply you discover who you are but felt relationship is an embodied knowing and the knowing of the head is is objective uh, relationship objective knowing and if we rely on that will objectify the world and our our knowledge will vastly outstrip our self knowledge and and that knowledge you know despite our best intentions becomes lethal with unintended consequences um we're trying to control what is uncontrollable and our agenda as a culture is to control to manipulate to um manage from a top-down perspective. And it's also a very limiting and limited perspective, even though we don't think so, but <laughs> as you're describing everything else in the embodiment, it, I mean, that just seems like one small piece of the whole being, the whole picture. Yeah, so and, you we, know, to come... Go ahead. I was just going to say, to come I'm back to the... You know, listening to you. <laughs> Well, I just you know to come back to to the to the name of of your podcast, Power Your Life. You know, w- when you think of your power, how how can you be in your power when you're not in wholeness? You know, and and to to live from the head, from that idea of place, is to live not just in division but in self conflict because you're you're imposing ideas on this living intelligence um that that can tap into a power so far beyond any self-centered 
power that that um, that we're used to tapping into, and then your whole life is carried in this in the same way that a wave carries a surfer, and that's true power for me. Mm. So how you, you talk about surrendering to our wholeness? How do how do we do that? <laughs> that's a great question. Um, you know, as, as long as you're sitting in the head, you're like and in asking a that question. <laughs> <laughs> but you're in a citadel that wants to get it right, and you cannot get it right. You know, because as you mentioned, I was an actor for many years, and and one of the biggest lessons I learned was I will you can't get a performance right. There's just no such thing. the The issue is, is it alive? Or isn't it? And if you're in your head, it won't be alive. It can't be alive. <clears throat> and so you look, you learn to come from that place in the body that feels newness and responds out of wholeness. Um, so, you know that 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 issue of of letting go of of what of of our need to control, our need to get it right. It's the surrender that enables that and what you're surrendering to is wholeness and wholeness wholeness is the nature of our reality wholeness is inescapable you you can't achieve wholeness you, you, you can't escape it it's 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 the given of our world and so all you can do is surrender to it and you're surrendering to the pulse of the present. You're surrendering to the mindful moment. You're surrendering to the life um, that that holds your life in its embrace. You know, you speak so beautifully and so poetically. I just, I'm just in love listening to it. I'm, I'm going to go a little bit off topic, but maybe it's not. And I... Uh, was always fascinated by the Sufis and I studied with them and what they do is is everything is a, even prayer or or their spirituality even cooking is about dance and movement and song so it's it's almost as though getting connected spiritually is is through through the body is through the song is through the dance it, and also like uh, uh just a very open, joyful experience. And there's something very pure and also very profound about that at the same time. Does that make sense in, within the context of what you're talking about? It totally does because, because it, you know, um, it's about the art of life. And art is about yeah. wholeness. And, and, you know, to, to live your life as an artist to live it in creativity mm. and resourcefulness and newness um that's the gift of our humanity and and we you know our culture of course pulls us towards the science of life and getting it right and 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 knowing all the ingredients and proportions and it, it's just it, it's not it's not to dismiss that but but to me that is that's the in a way, the background that is then drawn into the art and made sense of through wholeness. I think it's wonderful. It's really wonderful. Now, there's something that fascinated me from 
looking at some of your work and, and listening to, to some of your interviews, the a tribe that you were speaking about, an, a tribe in Africa that actually one of its senses, or, or the primary sense rather, is balance. So to, I think that's wonderful. And, and can you talk about that a little bit more? I, don't, I, I think our listeners would be fascinated. Yeah, it's it's really I I love going to other cultures and learning from from their perspectives. So, you know, we have five senses. Everyone knows what they are. It's what we grow up with. Now, the interesting thing about our five senses is is, is that they're it's like they they keep us comfortably in a container and and you know, sight is about light crossing the boundary of the self and and arriving on the eye, smell crosses the boundary of the self. So all of our senses uphold, in a way, our separation from the world. Balance, we, we don't include as a sense. Mm. We, don't, we don't validate it as a sense. And um, balance doesn't conform to that boundary. It doesn't uphold the boundary. And I think that's why it just doesn't fit in our culture, we need that separation from the world. Balance is this felt relationship between the center of the earth and your center of gravity. And we are, you know, we're conceived within the embrace of the earth's gravity. We were born into it. We grow up in it. It's always there. That relationship is always there. And it's a felt relationship and when you know the it's the Anglo Eve tribe in Africa mm-hmm. and as their children grow up balance is is one of the primary um characteristics of a of a fully developed human being. So it's not just balance, you know, in in your gait or in your stance. It's balance in your relationships with your family, with your neighbors, with your community, with the natural world. And we've, you know, we've dismissed balance as a sense. And you look at our relationships, and they are shattered. We we may not even know our neighbors. We, you know, we see our family grudgingly sometimes. Um, and our relationship with the natural world is a is a horror on a grand scale. Um, our we've turned our most intimate teacher into a resource to be exploited and controlled. Which is very sad because <laughs> I do my morning walks and I'm saying hello to all the, mm. all the birds, thanking them and seeing I, mm. there was this tiniest bird today that was probably just a few <laughs> inches and it was sitting on one of the wires above and its song was so vibrant, Philip, and so al- it was like, wow, thank you, how beautiful. <laughs> it was amazing. So tell us yeah, about it your... Yeah, speaks to your heart. Oh yeah, it does. It's wonderful. This tell us tell our listeners about your book Radical Wholeness because I think everybody needs a copy and then we are going to be very gifted because Philip has agreed to take us through a little inner journey. Yes. Yeah. Um well, about my book, um it it's the book is about wholeness and and you know, the more I thought about wholeness, the more I realized our culture you know, as we grow up in our culture, we're just desensitized to wholeness. And we feel the world in its shattered components, but we don't 
feel its wholeness and to feel the wholeness of the world is to feel its reality and there's no like there's no way around that the 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 reality of our world is wholeness there is nothing that stands apart from that wholeness so to resensitize yourself to wholeness is to come back home to yourself in in the most uh, rich and borderless way possible um, so I do. I do hope some of your listeners might look it up. I, I also I should mention um, that I uh, recorded it as an audio book as well. So for those who prefer listening, um, it's available on iTunes and Audible and other places, I believe. So I, I do hope some of your listeners will check that out. Yes, you have such a great voice. So listening to it and reading it would be a uh, a beautiful gift. Yes. So, oh, thank you. Wow, oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Shall Are you I, ready to shall I invite yeah. yeah, why not? Um and um we you know uh, I'm thinking uh, an exercise that takes us from our top heavy um experience into something more settled might be useful. So I'd invite you to allow the whole of the body to release to the in breath and release to the out breath. And see if you can just gently bring your attention onto the body's energy, just to feel. And when I say the body's energy, I mean the energy of your emotions, the energy of your muscles, the energy. There may be a little anxiety, a little pocket of anxiety. There may be a a little fuzzball of anticipation. There's so, you know, it's like opening your eyes on a star field at night to really gently, gently begin to feel the energy in your legs, the energy in your torso, the energy in your head, and you feel it there in all its all its subtle manifestations without asking it in any way to be different from what it is. And as you're feeling it there, give it permission to gently melt. And it's as though it's as though it were you know snowflakes that just suddenly melt and begin to trickle down like water through pebbles inside the body. And so you feel it melt in the legs and trickle down and melt in the torso and the head and trickle down. So it's like this cascade of energy descending, descending. And you feel the first little trickle arrive on the soles of your feet and it pools there. And the more the energy cascades down, the higher those pools grow and they begin to rise up through the legs even as you're noticing more energy in the body and allowing it to melt and trickle down and those pools rise and rise and still there's this descending cascade of energy and the pools rise up to the top of the legs and they join and rise up to the top of the pelvic bowl and just gently notice if there are any lingering bits of energy in the body still. Give them the warmth of your love. And allow that warmth to melt them and feel them trickle down, down inside the body to join that deep reservoir in the legs and the pelvic bowl. And then allow that deep reservoir to deeply, deeply settle. So there's all this spaciousness above it. And that energy comes to rest on the earth. And actually feel that happen. 
But as it comes to rest on the earth, it comes to rest in the present. And as it comes to rest in the present, you may even feel it being held by the present. And you're so very grounded then on the earth, in the present. And meanwhile, that spaciousness in the torso will resonate to everything around you. Everything that moves, everything that is, resonates through you, through that spaciousness, and it just passes through and resonates without getting stuck anywhere. So you're in that state of grounded sensitivity where you can feel the wholeness of the world in which you stand, the wholeness of the world that holds you in this moment. And just linger there and maybe maybe come back to it. You know, it's an easy thing to come back to in the course of your day or tomorrow. You know, it's such a simple thing to do and it just it just allows that frenetic energy of our culture to come home to the earth so that you can come home to yourself. Well, thank you. It's I'll tell you what I experienced. Firstly, a, a, a sense of, of of peace, calm, and this beautiful, joyful. It wasn't like exuberant, but just this floating joy and a, and and a sense of of fluidity of of um, flow, which was very very yeah. beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, my great pleasure. So yeah. tell people I could have you on the show all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd enjoy that, Joanne. Someday, someday. <laughs> well, we'll do we'll do this again, uh, Philip. So tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you, your incredible books, you're doing seminars and, and everything else and, and your website so that everyone can really in, enjoy and digest the the whole of all of this. Yeah, I mean, I, the go-to place really is my website, um, which is just philipshepherd.com. Um, it's Philip with one L and Shepherd, S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D, philipshepherd.com. And um, there's so much there. You know, um, there are uh, interviews and exercises and uh, writings um, there's a thing called the Embodiment Manifesto that I'd love people to check out. And it's also got information about uh, my books and the workshops. And also I'm teaching, um, I'm teaching people how to teach my work. And it's some, one of the most gratifying things I'm doing. Um, so there are facilitators trainings as well. Wonderful. Well, you are a blessing. And I think this work is very important, especially for now and and we need it we we definitely need it so thank you for all that you do and for bringing this to me and to our listeners and have a beautiful day ah thank you joanne you have a beautiful day too and thanks for this lovely opportunity to talk with you all the best my pleasure take care bye-bye bye-bye So think about what Philip said in terms of really 
paying attention, being aware of really experiencing, I guess the word is more experiencing, that sense of wholeness and, and get out of the head. And there are ways to be able to do that so that you can really be in that sense of flow and and be grounded with the energy of the earth and just be connected to everything around us. It can really be a beautiful experience. It is a beautiful experience, as you are a beautiful experience. And one of the reasons that we call this show Power Your Life is for you to be able to access, to be aware of, to get in touch of, to create whatever you who you are and and what all that means because who you are is really a wondrous being. We're going to be shifting gears next week and I have Rhea Story who's going to be telling us a very special story. Actually, uh, she just switched. We're having Danielle Barron. So stay tuned and remember to take time for you and to explore the infinite aspects of who you are and everything around you. Have a blessed day, and thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.